Welcome back to the Replay Center. I'm your host, Zach, and in this episode, we're going to be talking about Jamal Murray's 48 points, nearly 50. He tried to go for it, which uh, kind of pissed the Celtics off a little bit, but uh, maybe they need it because they kind of look lazy in that game. Uh, we will be talking about that. Uh, Zach Levine had a night of his own that night, 41 points and a game winner against the New York Knicks. And we're going to be talking about a little bit of college hoops and how Duke is stacked and every team is going to be tanking for them. Before we get started, I just want to shout out the sponsor for this episode, which unfortunately after 12 episodes now, still nobody, but it's okay. Guess what? Eventually we will get one. Um, But if you like basketball and you like reading about basketball, check out my blog at thereplaycenter.com. There I post news, columns, all that sort of stuff. Uh, My podcast also, I post um, whenever there's a new episode, I post up there as well. Um, My newest piece was actually on this whole Jamal Murray um, ascension, his breakout game there, 48 points, and how it could, you know, spark a breakout season for him and the red hot nuggets you know they're on fire right now nine and one so i wrote about that and there was another second half of that piece was about the celtics and how they're struggling and how they kind of lost their fight which we, we will actually talk about a little later on um well first things first in this episode that would be the first thing we talk about but i wrote about that if you want to check it out the i'm also i'm working on a zach levine piece as well which we we're going to talk, we're re- kind of like overlapping here, but it's different content, you know, writing, there's more stats, more, um, it's different style. Um, so be on the lookout for that. That'll probably be out today. Um, I'm like halfway through it. Um, it's going to be up later today, but check it out at thereplaycenter.com. Once again, that's thereplaycenter.com. So Jamal Murray dropped 48 on the Celtics. Um, this was all over. Twitter, the news, uh, ESPN, um, mainly more so because uh, what happened afterwards of his uh, whole fiasco shooting um, after um, pretty much the Celtics had given up at that point. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, But let's get get to Jamal Murray first. Um, He carried the Nuggets this game, okay? He went, of course, 48 points, 19 of 30 shooting, 5 of 11 from 3. In the first quarter alone, he had 14 points. He had like 14 of their 19 first quarter points. And the Celtics were dominating in that first quarter. They got up to a a lead as big as 18. And you thought they were going to run away with this. And Jamal Murray was the only thing going for them. You thought, oh, maybe he'll cool off. And then, you know, Celtics keep playing their good offense. Keep playing their great defense. And they could just run away with this and take it. Um... But that's not what happened. Um, the Celtics play sloppily, and Murray just kept shooting lights out. In the fourth quarter, he topped his first quarter, and he scored 19, and, and essentially giving him um, 48 points. And nobody else on that team had more than 13 points, so he really needed that like breakout game. Because the Celtics, you know, they started with that 18-point lead, then they blew it, but they still kept it close for most of the game before just letting it get away from them in the fourth quarter, where Jamal Murray essentially just took over. Okay, Jokic, their their guy, only had 8 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists, of course, which is great, but he only took 3 shots, made 2 of them, and got 8 points in total. So, the Celtics limited Jokic, and like I said, the other players weren't doing that great, but Jamal Murray just... 
he was getting anything he wanted. Um, it wasn't just him going off for like a three-point outburst, which he did had two back-to-back big-time threes at the end, and um, he he let out an arrow. He didn't he didn't let the arrow fly all game long until the fourth quarter, which you know that's a lot of restraint on his end not letting the arrow fly every time because he was pretty hot in that first quarter but um only 5 of 11 from three you know you think like a 48 point game he would have had at least like seven eight threes but he didn't he was shooting mid-rangers floaters and then at the end of the game he they just couldn't stop him at all he put the game away by himself it was like a five to seven point game with like two three minutes left and they just couldn't stop him he just went in after he hit those two back-to-back big-time threes, and then he was hitting mid-rangers. He would get to the hoop and finish with his left hand, finish with his right hand. He just could not be stopped. And um, this is a great sign for the Nuggets, who've been kind of struggling on offense, surprisingly. You know, this that was supposed to carry them during this season. Um, you know, like, they would be like, oh, top five offense, that's what's going to get Denver into the playoffs finally. Um, but... Their offense has been struggling. They have been shooting well from three. Even Murray coming into this game was shooting less than 30% from three. Um, so his outbreak there, can he break, take this and continue it um, for the rest of the season is a question um, we will have to keep a close eye on because the Nuggets are very legit right now. They're 9-1. They beat the Warriors. They beat the Celtics, two teams that people had going to the finals, and they've beat them both so far. Um, their defense is still pretty damn good, okay, and the offense is starting to pick up, and if Jamal Murray can take this outbreak and continue with it and start his own ascension that the along with the Nuggets, the Nuggets could take that second spot in the West that the Rockets have kind of left. Um, you know, last season was the Rockets and Warriors that kind of separated themselves from the pack this year, the Rockets are struggling. Maybe the Nuggets could take that spot. You know, what? as the Rockets have been struggling, I'm saying like 2-8 to eight is going to be a bloodbath because there's really no, besides the Warriors, there's no clear number two. But the Nuggets are looking more and more like it. They on, they've only lost one game. And they're just both sides of the defense and offense. They're doing terrific. Uh, Jokic is playing great. They have so many good guys on that team. That is a, it's a deep team. Like Paul Millsap is ha- uh, healthy for them, healthy and happy. I almost said happy there, but he he seems to be happy. Um, you know, he's still getting his shots in. Gary Harris, two way player, and this is with Will Barton has been injured. Isaiah Thomas, who I still think is going to come back and be a big time player for them, hasn't played a game yet. And maybe Michael Porter Jr. is still on that team. He could maybe come in and contribute a little bit. Or maybe they just redshirt him because they don't need him. Um, this team is very, very legit. And um, it's it's time to take them seriously if you haven't already. Because they're looking to be one of the best teams in the NBA right now. Um, which is a huge jump for them. Last year, they, you know... Until the like final stretch of the season where they got really hot and got it going, they were looking like, you know, maybe on the tier of say a Clippers team or something like that. But you know, they got it going towards the end and then they fall in this 
winner takes all overtime battle with the Timberwolves. Ultimately, they lost. But in the offseason, I don't know what changed. They didn't add anybody. They lost a good amount of people, actually. They traded Wilson Chandler, got away um, Kenneth Fareed, which, you know, great. Actually, like, good for them because they needed, like, they re-signed their guys, Will Barton and Jokic. So they needed to um, adjust for their cap space. But they didn't add anybody besides Isaiah Thomas, who hasn't even played a game. So, you know, they it, props to their coach, Malone, who've turned this defense around. And I think their offense is eventually going to go, like, figure it out because... They got good ball movement on that team. You see Jamal Murray, can he take that next step? Because I don't think they're going to be able to, in the playoffs when it comes, depend on Jokic to go for like 35 a night or something. They really need a second go-to scorer. And Murray has shown flashes of being, when he's hot, you could barely stop him. You know, the arrows are flying. The dude is just launching from three mid-rangers. His jump shot is silky smooth. Like, it's one of the best-looking shots in the league. And that was his whole thing coming out of college. Like, the dude can shoot. And his rookie year, he kind of struggled with it. Last year, like many, like, I don't know what happened to that rookie class. But their first year, they all kind of, like, sucked. Like, it showed potential, but none of them were really good. So, like, they were all averaging below 10 points. And then they all jumped to like 14, 15 points a game in their second season. And now they're all taking the next step too. You're seeing it with Brandon Ingram. Jalen Brown still struggling a little bit, but he took a big jump in that second year, of course, in the playoffs. And now Murray is doing great. Buddy Heald is also doing great. Um, but Jamal Murray, if he could find some consistency and, you know, take this 48-point game and maybe jump himself up to a 20 points per game kind of guy, which their offense has been struggling. If he could step up, it's still early in the season. He jumped, his points average jumped from like 15 to 18 in after that this one game. So it's very possible for him to um, continue to rise. Um, I think he realizes how much how many moves he has in, in, in his arsenal. Like that pick and roll game, he could shoot the three ball. He's very, he's very comfortable from the mid-range. His floater looks good. Um, his finishing at the rim during that game, I've never seen. I was like, who is this guy? Is this like Damian Lillard out here? I've never seen Jamal Murray do anything like that. He was finessing Al Horford. He's driving past Marcus Smart. Now, some of that is the Celtics being a little lazy. We'll talk about that now, but big-time game for Jamal Murray. The Nuggets are looking great. Um uh they they played a great game but um the Celtics I think they blew this game more than the Nuggets won it despite the big time effort by Jamal Murray but the Celtics started this first quarter with an 18 point lead and then they got sloppy they Kyrie Irving was on fire this game he had 31 points on 17 shots he only missed four shots four of six from three and um you know the first quarter they were killing it the ball was moving around. This is probably the one of their best quarters in the season, if not the best. The ball was moving around. There was so much ball movement. The offense was actually looking pretty good, and their defense was still terrific. Just besides Jamal Murray, the whole the rest of the Nuggets scored five points for 19 total, and the Celtics had like 34 or something like that. 
Um, Kyrie was lights out in this game. He actually got to the rim a little bit, which, you know, despite he was figuring out the past couple of games, you know, a couple, a 30 pointer, a couple of 20 pointers. Um, but he was mainly hitting his mid range shots again, hitting his three ball. Um, but we haven't seen Kyrie get to the rim relentlessly like he has before. And we saw a little bit of that, um, in this game, he had his crazy ass floater, uh, towards the end. He had an and one on Jokic. Um, he, busted out some crazy ass hesitations um just Kyrie doing Kyrie things and he was hitting tough mid-rangers all game long and if he didn't do that in the second third fourth quarter the Celtics would have gotten blown out after taking that 18 point lead because they played sloppy um they got lazy they stopped passing the ball they went into these iso balls um of course they were missing some open shots but not only on the offensive end where they kind of resorted to iso ball, they defensively, they stopped trying. Um, even towards the end when it was close, it was like a seven-point game and those two back-to-back threes by Jamal Murray were like pretty wide open. It was just an easy pick and they left him. They went underneath and then didn't hound him and he just had an easy shot. At that point, he had like 30-something points. You can't leave him wide open like that. And then there was a play later on, Marcus Smart of all people. He got so easily crossed because like his feet wasn't set. Like he wasn't set in a defensive stance. And he was kind of like just swaying around a little bit. And Murray just hit him with an easy crossover. He almost fell down. And then he drove to the basket like it was a piece of cake. The Celtics number one, not number one defense anymore after that game. They've dropped to number two now, I think. I think Milwaukee's passed them. Um, but just a poor effort on that end. Jalen Brown and Kyrie Irving look like the only two that were trying um, their hardest, especially towards the end of the game. Um, now, this was another good game by Jalen Brown. Um, that first quarter was really ignited by him. Kyrie obviously scoring a lot of buckets, but Jalen Brown was attacking the rim and uh, he wasn't forcing them up. Um, when he got the opportunity to score, he scored. But when there was a double, he passed the ball out. It wasn't always pretty. Um, it wasn't smooth. He was still looking a little out of control. But he got the ball where it needed to go. And then the ball was darting around the court and found the open man. We got easy baskets. And how that's how they scored over 30 points in the first quarter. Um, but they stopped doing that. Jason Tatum is still struggling. Al Horford is struggling. Jalen Brown was still struggling a little bit. Terry Rozier is really struggling. But uh, Hayward also struggling. You know, a lot of people struggling on the Celtics team. Besides Marcus Morris, who started the season off red hot. But this game, you know, finally. This was his, like, first bad game. So you can't blame Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris Sr., my bad. He's a a different animal this time because it's Marcus Morris Sr. Um, But... They weren't hitting open shots. Um, just, But I think the offense could figure it out. You saw the potential. The problem with what I saw was the laziness of defense. Um, on the defensive end and the offensive end. You know, last season they struggled offensively. Um, and they, they, you know, let their guard down a lot too. That's how they blew big leads and gave up uh, big leads. But, you know, they went on that 16-game winning streak last year because they played defense and they were clutch. And they, you know, when it came down to it, they would 
They were all in, played hard-nosed defense, and they've been doing that most of the season, but this game, you just didn't see it. And maybe it was Denver, the 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 altitude, the altitude, <laughs> the altitude, you know, they, maybe it's breathing hard, but Brad Stevens is not going to take that for an excuse. Um, it's just, they stopped all the second chance balls too. Some of them did not bounce their way, but it looked like the Nuggets are just getting all the hustle plays. And in the end, when the Celtics still had a chance to win, they didn't look like they wanted it and they looked like they just gave up and that's not okay. It might change though, because, uh, Jamal Murray had 48, um, at the end, he almost got 50 on this layup. Uh, right before when they were, you know, still kind of playing, but he ended up missing a contested one. Um, but he had the ball, uh, you know, the clock is winding down. The Celtics aren't defending him anymore. And he pulls up a very deep three. Okay. Like it wasn't like, uh, he didn't go for a layup or something. He pulls up a very, very deep three, misses it. But you know, Celtics not take that well. Kyrie chucked the ball into the stands. Marcus Smart said he gave him a warning, um, and Kyrie's still very mad. Like, even today, he was uh, quoted saying, like, this Murray was thirsty, you know, for the for the 50-pointer. And he can't be doing that. The ball deserved to go in stands. Um, Kyrie gets fined 25000 But now, I will note, last season, if you remember, he said, suck my dick to uh, a Philadelphia 76ers fan. Got fined 25000 And then they went on um, on a tw- that 16-game winning streak. Will it happen now? They do all seem pissed. Um, and they need that fire. They That's what made them good. These past few years, under Brad Stevens, you have, you've always had a team that fought hard. Even when it was just Isaiah Thomas, Kelly Olenek, guys like Jay Crowder, that those, like, that first year, Brad Stevens, the, Brad Stevens' second year, they had no business being in the playoffs. But they fought hard and they fought, you know, and then the next year, they, they made it, played even better and then they made it to the eastern conference finals the other the next year and last year with two of their stars out those guys fought hard played hard-nosed defense and when it counted they were so mentally locked in and focused that's how they got so many wins it looks like this year they're trying they're a little overconfident trying to find their shot a little more um just not fighting as hard maybe this um that kind of what they see as disrespectful shot by Murray turns them around. They play the Suns next um, on Thursday, tomorrow. Um, they really need to come out and thrash the Suns because they've now lost two close games to, you know, competitive teams. Um, you know, that games you, you'd want to win if you're, if you're saying you're going to win the East and go to the finals. You can't be losing to Indiana and... Um, these close games, you should be winning. Good teams win these games. Brad Stevens, I believe, said that as um, as the game was um, coming to a close there uh, against the Nuggets. He said good teams uh, win these games. Ultimately, they didn't um, because it just didn't look like they tried hard enough. Um, but maybe they could turn it around here. They really need to. Um, let's just talk. go real quick about their offensive struggles. Um, uh, Jason Tatum, there's been a lot of focus on him. He started the season pretty well, a couple of 20 point games, 24, 23. Um, but now he's kind of struggling to find his shot. Um, a lot of long twos early in the shot clock, which is not good. I'm not worried about him yet. Um, because 
he's kind of finding his rhythm. Teams are playing him a little harder, you know, focused in more on him. Um, problem with him, one thing, he can't get to the rim that easily. He's really, he's a shooter. Like he, his, the way he scores is still shooting over people and making tough shots. And his inability to get to the rim with ease, he really off still loses the ball very often when he tries to go, um, drive, force his way to the rim. Um, and he gets charging offensive fouls called a lot too. Um, it's okay if he wants to shoot those mid-rangers. He just has to make sure they're better, um, better shot attempts and that he's always looking for the best shot attempt on the court um, with his teammates. Right now, it looks like he's forced in a little bit. Um, he's not playing with the system very well right now. Um, maybe it's just him trying to find the rhythm, um, but I think he will turn around once he just you know, slows it down, adjust to the way defenders are playing with him, um, just taking better shots. It's all he's going to need to do. Uh, he's already shown he's he's still a very good player with those couple 20-point games. So I'm still not worried about him yet. Um, Al Horford and Jalen Brown, I think, just need to, you know, settle in. They're just on a bit of a... This is like somebody's mowing the back back lawn over here. If you hear or leaf blowers must be leaf blowers. It is the fall season, um, but okay. I'm just gonna shout over these guys, I guess. Um, Al Horford and Jalen Brown just need to shoot a little better. Jalen Brown struggled early on as well, finding his role, um, kind of forcing things, but he's looked a lot better these past couple of games. Um, just needs to, the three balls not falling for him. And he shot like 40% last year. Once that starts falling and he's, you know, he takes a couple mid, wide open mid range shots that haven't been falling for him. Once they get going for him, he's still seeing like, you know, a little less usage, but still the same amount of minutes and shots. So I'm not worried too, too much about him. Al Horford, three balls not falling for him either. Um, eventually I think it will. Um, Terry Rozier has been a headline as well for the Celtics. He has been, um, brought up in some trade talks. The Phoenix Suns and Cavaliers might be interested. Weird that the Cavaliers would trade for Rozier. Uh, I didn't really get that one at all, but, and you know, there's been some talk and, you know, maybe he's unhappy with his playing time, but he's still getting around like 22 minutes a game. And, um, I think he's just forcing things a little bit. And Terry Rozier is a very inconsistent player, okay? He's not very always so efficient with his scoring. Even if you go back to the playoffs, I think he shot like 40% from the field or something uh, when he was doing terrific. So, um, you know, that he, that's just Terry Rozier. He's just not very effect, like efficient. He just, one thing, one problem with him right now is he's forcing a little bit and not looking for the open man. Um, he was a much better passer uh, when he was getting starter minutes. So we do have to, um, I think he, he will um, probably get out of this slump, but it's way too early to talk about trading him. There's no reason to do that. Um, he's still a very, your best bench player when he's on. Right now it's Marcus Morris because the dude is on fire. Marcus Morris Sr., my, my apologies. Um, but uh, no reason to bring up Rogier trade talk right now now Zach Levine he also had a 40 point game 41 to be exact against Knicks this is a super close game um he ended up hitting the game winner of that game they win 116 to 115 
Um, this dude's legit, man. Like, he, you know, we all laughed at the Bulls for signing him, matching that contract, $19.5 million for four years, or per year for four years. If he continues, like, even him right now is worth that contract. Um, and if he can, inc- like, play a little better, right now he's turning the ball over a lot, and he has a super high usage with Markin and Chris Dunn out. So once he gets those pieces around him, you know, maybe he becomes even better. So he's kind of taking that to the next level, and he's looking, he's going to make his first all-star team this year. He's, like, sixth in the, fifth in the league in, in points. Um, they're not winning too many games right now, but he's carrying them and, you know, shooting the three ball well. He looks like he's recovered from that ACL injury pretty well. He's just getting to the rim at will. Any big guy that comes up against him, he's just, you know, it's brushing right past him. It's a joke. He gets down there. He's getting fouled, shooting free throws, finishing around the rim very at a very, very high um, percentage. So... Zach Levine, it looks like he's taking the next step to be a, you know, a star. Maybe not a star, but at least, you know, on that rise, somebody on the next level for the Bulls maybe attract some free agents, you know, next season. Because there's a good couple amount of, you know, they got a nice young core there. The way they've turned it around with that Jimmy Butler trade is pretty um, incredible. They got Chris Dunn. Um, I don't think he's going to be a star or anything, but he's going to be a solid, at least a backup point guard at the very least. If, you know, like borderline okay starter right now, but I think at the very least, he is a a little bit older. He came into the league at like 23, 24 years old. So I don't think he is what he is, a good defender, um, okay, you know, offensive point guard. Um, But he's still a solid young piece for them. Uh, Jabari Parker experiment doesn't seem like it's working. Um, Thankfully for them, they have uh, a team option on that second um, year of that $40 million two-year deal. So they could easily just drop him. If they drop him, they have like room for two max slots, I believe. So Chicago, you know, not a, you know, still big time market there and a lot of history. Um, If Zach Levine continues uh playing like this or even gets even better as uh like marketing and done come back from injuries um that's huge and we, we will have to see if larry marketing can take another step in his game because he was incredible last year averaging like 16 points a game shooting lights out from three a great offensive big so that's two pieces right there and the rookie that they drafted wendell carter already looks like amazing okay like he is such an all-around big he was compared to Al Horford he still can't really he's not very confident in his shot right now but defensively he's been great you know he's got terrific instincts blocking the shot and you know playing on ball handlers and knowing just a very high defensive IQ that he has and he's passing the ball amazing um he had a game with six assists he's rebounding the ball he had a game with 13 rebounds. It seems every other game he's setting a career high in a new category. He had a game with four blocks as well. So defensively, he's been great. Um, offensively, passing is very good. He had a game with 24 points as well. So you see, you're starting to see he has this potential. If he gets his jump shot going, and you know he's still very. He just he's like 11 games into the season. Or something, not even, has it been 11 games? Something like, yeah, it's been like 11 games in a season. So, um, wow, it flew by. But um, 
is still so early. He he could easily develop into an all star. I could see that for sure. Um, the dude is a great all around big. At least, at the very least, he's looking like he's going to be a defensive beast and a great passer, um, and with some offensive um, ability as well. So there's three pieces at the very least: Levine, um, uh, Levine, Markinen, and Wendell Carter. Uh, Markinen and C- uh, Carter Jr. already has great potential, and Levine's taking that next step. So you got three young pieces there. Um, can they bring in an all-star, like a big-time free agency signing next season? Would they want to is also a question, I guess. Imagine they bring back Jimmy Butler. That would be amazing. That would be the, the funniest thing ever. I don't think it will work very well, though, because uh, if you can't tell, he's not doing too great with uh, young guys, uh, even when he was in Chicago. Um, so uh, we will have to see. Um, of course, you got, like, People talking about KD going to New York. Why would he go to New York over like a Chicago or um, even the Mavericks? Who Luka Doncic is doing great out there. Um, but I'm very optimistic about this Bulls team. Um, they're looking great. They're, they're not winning too many games right now. But this, this core trio of Levine and uh, Carter and Markinen is very promising. And they have cap space and... You know, if they tank this year, they, 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 there's some uh, there's some players out there that are very intriguing, which we will get to now at Duke, who played their uh, season opener against Kentucky um, yet yesterday, last night, and uh, during election night. Um, hope everybody went out and voted, um, but it's too late now. Um, so if you didn't, next time, go and vote. Um, but enough about that. This is about basketball. Um, Duke thrashed Kentucky. Um, behind their trio of forwards, um, R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, and Cam Reddish lit lit Kentucky on fire. First of all, R.J. Barrett, the can- Canadian ball player, um, a lot of people have him going number one. He's like seems like the consensus for the number one pick, and he proved it. Thirty three points, thirteen of twenty six shooting, three of seven from three. Um, Killed it. Absolutely killed it. He drove to the basket so easily. He's got a variety of moves, Euro steps. He could dunk on people. Very athletic. He he shot the three ball pretty well tonight. Not tonight, last night. Um, but looked very good. New um new uh school high point record for him. <laughs> I guess that this is a weird weird way to frame it, but um before it was uh Marvin Bagley had twenty five points, I believe was the the school high record point record but new new high is for rj barrett at 33 um zion wilson also broke marvin bagley's record uh with 28 points but he did it on 13 shots he was 11 of 13 he hit a three as well this dude is like a boulder that jumps like a bunny okay um 285 pounds now supposedly um Coach K said he's more close to 270, but still, this dude is a beast, okay? He's not like chubby either. The dude is 285 pounds of strictly muscle. He's only six foot seven or six foot six. So, um, jumps like LeBron, or like he jumps like a beast. He might jump higher than LeBron. He just throws down some highlights, man. He had this big time block. 
um, on uh, a Kentucky player who I don't know. Like, I don't follow ba- college basketball, but it looks like Duke is going to make me watch some college ball this year because um, those three are killing it. Zion Williamson looking great. RJ Barrett looking great. And the guy nobody is talking about, Cam Reddish, who's projected like in that three to five range, like they could easily go one, two, three. The three Duke guys here. Um, I don't know the last time that happened. The last time I remember a team this stacked was like Kentucky with Anthony Davis. They like their whole starting five got drafted in the first round. But it actually turns out Anthony Davis was the only good player out of that team. Um, but uh, this is a pretty stacked team here. Reddish had 22 points of his own. He almost broke Marvin Bagley's record too. That would have been insane. But he shot 6 of 14. He's a great three-point shooter. Only 3 of 8 this game. But he's going to be like relying on that three ball for sure um for the rest of the season um these three alone combined for 83 points and kentucky had 84 so you know this is this is gonna be a lot of fun watching uh duke play this season um zion is getting a lot of hype he's all the talk right now um across all platforms espn the ringer everybody's talking about zion because this dude is like just such a freak of nature will his body hold up like can he keep playing like this like that it pains me just to see him launch like 40 inches in the air and then land on his 285 pound body and his knees are just holding up still i guess somehow um rj barrett um looks very he looks ready to play in the nba right now he looks very nba ready and uh cam reddish is gonna feast on that team because you got two guys taking up so much attention already. He's just going to be shooting threes and, you know, getting to the basket with ease. Um, one thing about uh, the lottery, there's new lottery odds. Um, it, in case you forgot, um, the f- worst three teams all have the same amount of chance of getting the number one pick at 14%. Even if you're the fourth w- worst team, you're at 12.5%. And the fifth worst team, you're at 10.5%. So, you know, tanking that this is supposed to take away a little from tanking, but um, I guess it's just a competition for bottom five. <laughs> That's the new thing, maybe. Um, I will admit, after watching Duke, I'm like, Sacramento, you guys need to play a little worse. Um, Celtics could get that pick. I am a little worried with these lottery odds, though, that Philly ends up getting that pick as well. So I don't know if I want Sacramento to start doing bad or good. We also, um, you know, it's just... uh. It's a it's a lot of basketball to watch right now with the NBA and college. Um, let's just cover some light news. Mavericks um, dealing with some potential chemistry problems. Um, no uh, official reports by it. All speculation. But uh, they beat the Wizards who have official chemistry problems. Um, they beat them by 19. Um, so maybe the Wizards are tanking. <laughs> that was the joke of the night. Wizards are tanking for Zion. Um, they're like two and eight now. Um, so not, not very good, um, for the Washington Wizards and the Blazers are still doing great. CJ McCollum dropped 40 points and they beat the Bucks. Um, so that was a solid game. Um, but that's pretty much going to be it for this episode. As always, thank you for listening and I hope you enjoyed. If you did enjoy, please rate and review me on iTunes our Apple Podcasts, where uh, SoundCloud, like me, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to follow and subscribe. 
um, wherever you get your podcast, the blog, uh, Apple Podcasts, all that. Um, but thank you guys for listening. Uh, I will see you guys. See you. I will talk to you guys next episode. Later.